Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So friends, I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, we are talking about online dating and how to do it well. So here's the thing. I think that we fall into a few different camps when it comes to the topic of online dating. I think a lot of us wanna try online dating, but we are totally nervous about it. We don't know if it's the right fit, the right next step, and we're not sure how to do it successfully. On the other hand, I know there are a lot of us who have really given online dating a try and we have come out the other side totally exhausted, discouraged, and burned out. It's just not working. Friend, I promise whatever group you find yourself in, you are not alone there. Today's conversation is going to dig deep into the fears and frustrations we have about online dating while also giving us lots of encouragement. The kind of encouragement that might even have you reconsidering your outlook on online dating altogether. And the woman who's going to walk us through all of this is a girl's night favorite and my dear friend, Kat Harris. Kat is the co-founder of the online publication, The Refined Woman, and she's the host of The Refined Collective podcast. She's also the author of an amazing book called Sexless in the City. Kat is the go-to expert when it comes to online dating. I had the honor of helping out with a workshop she did about online dating a few months ago. And as I was listening to her teach, her knowledge, wisdom, and insight totally blew me away. In this episode, Kat's gonna teach us how to shift our mindsets and attitudes around online dating, how to set up our dating profile so that we can stand out, how to make our online dating experiences better, and so much more. I can't wait to share this with you. But before we dive in, while we're on the topic of relationships, I have a resource I would love to share with you. It's my prayer journal called Every Single Moment, 100 Powerful Prayers to Help You Savor the Present and Prepare for the Future. One of the pieces of advice I think a lot of us hear along the way is that we should be praying for our future husbands. And that makes sense, right? Dating, finding the right person, committing to them for life, those are not things we wanna attempt without God in our corner. But if you're anything like me, those instructions to pray for your future husband have left you with more questions than answers. Pray for what exactly and how? I was always very clear on the fact that I needed God's help with my love life. I just wasn't always so clear on how to ask for it. I wanted to know, what am I supposed to pray for exactly? Is there a right way to pray for my future marriage or my future husband? And if so, what is that right way? Is there anything else I should be specifically praying for? Is there anything I should be doing now so I'm ready for marriage when the time comes? What about my life today? How can I grow as a person and in my faith now so I'm the woman I wanna be no matter my relationship status? And how do I make sure I'm setting myself up for an awesome future while still savoring my life in the present? I would have loved to have a resource to walk me through all of this, but I could never find one. And so years later, I decided to make one myself. And that's my prayer journal every single moment. This 100-day journal was designed to help women connect with God through prayer in a whole new way, leaving them full of joy, alive with hope, and ready for love. Not only will it help women pray for their future husbands, it'll help them be ready for marriage when the time comes, and it'll help them make the most of every single moment along the way, all through the power of prayer. Friends, every single moment really is a life-changing way of praying for your future marriage. And if you head to stephaniemaywilson.com, you can grab a copy of your very own. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com. I cannot wait to share this with you. Okay, with that said, let's jump into the episode. Here's my conversation with Kat. 
right, friends, I'm so excited for who we have on the show today. I'm sitting here with my real life friend, Kat Harris. Kat, welcome back to Girls Night. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. And we're basically just recording what you and I just text message and voice memo about. So might as well just press record. I know. I really, <laughs> honestly, like that is girls night in a nutshell. That is when I finally decided to start a podcast because I was going to dinner with friends and having all these conversations where I would leave so encouraged. And like, I just feel like my life changed. Mm-hmm. Like my life changes when I have conversations with my girlfriends. And it's like, God speaks to me through them. Like, I mean, he really, it's like, he has a way of using our friendships and using those conversations in such powerful ways. And like to find out you're not alone and what you're going through is just, you can like breathe again for the first time. And anyway, so that's, I I had a string of really great dinner dates with friends. Mm. And that's when I finally decided to start a podcast because I felt so bad that other people didn't get to hear from my wise friends. So like, here we are, we're just hitting record. We're just hitting record. I love it. And it's so true. We need people. We need our community. I... I, you, we have so many blind spots and man, to have people in our lives who we have space and trust and permission to speak into those blind spots is, it's it's transformative. It's life-changing, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm really excited for what we're talking about today. Um, back a couple of months ago, you and our other dear friend, Kate Warman, did a um, like online dating workshop and I got to be a guest at it. But I honestly, I was like, what am I doing here? Because you guys are so incredible. Um, and uh, the wisdom that each of you shared was just so helpful. Like, oh my gosh, why don't more people have access to this? And so that's why I wanted to bring you back on the show and just ask you all of the online dating questions that I know so many of my listeners are asking and so many of my friends. Like, this is hard. But the things that you shared were so helpful. I just knew that we had to share them with our Girls Night community. And so I have a list of like very specific things that I'm just going to pick your brain today. Um, and I hope that's okay. Oh, 100%. Yes. Because I have put in my 10,000 hours. <laughs> I am 36 years old. I am single. I have been online dating for over 10 years now. And so I have a thought or two about what does and doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, is that Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hours thing? I can't remember. I definitely need to look that up because I reference it a lot. I'm like, listen, I have definitely put in the 10,000 hours. You know it's what I'm someone, saying? It's someone, we're going to go with, we're going to go with Malcolm Gladwell, <laughs> but we'll look it up and we'll, I don't know, we'll put it in the show notes or something. But it's like 10,000 hours is how long it takes to make you an expert at something. Oh, and so, exactly. uh, yeah. Yeah. So we have an expert here. I'm really excited. Ooh, Kat, for I just researched it. Sorry. As you were talking, it? I Googled it. It's Anders Ericsson, oh, who established what? the so-called 10,000 hour rule. Okay. Anders Ericsson. Yeah. Never heard of him, but I know. maybe right, Malcolm me... Gladwell talked about him in one of his books, which yes. is why we okay. know who it is. Okay. <laughs> Um, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Yeah, okay, yeah, great. that's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Um, amazing. Okay, so now we know uh, ten thousand hours. So, Kat, for women who don't know you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Yes, 
My name is Kat Harris. I am author of the book, Sexless in the City. I have a podcast that drops weekly called The Refined Collective and a website and platform called The Refined Woman. And what I do is create and hold space for meaningful conversations and nuance and gray around topics like faith, sexuality, deconstruction, even throw some politics in there at some at some point. But pretty much any elephant in the room, I want to address and talk about in community. And so that's what I do. I have online courses. I host monthly workshops and do like monthly coaching calls in my Patreon community. So just doing a bunch of hopefully meaningful conversations over there. And okay, fun fact about me. I don't know if this is fun, but <laughs> it's the first thing that came to my mind. If you have followed me for any length of time, you know that I love Beyonce and I love Justin Bieber. But you might not know, in the last few years, I have fallen in love with a new man and his name is Sean Mendez and I'm in love with him. The okay, end. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> These are, that's like three fun facts I didn't totally know. I don't know if I knew your great love for Beyonce or Justin Bieber. And I don't know. I don't know. How did I miss this? Girl, I have so many Justin Bieber stories. I prayed for that kid every day for seven years. (laughs) And then I went to church one Sunday and he was sitting right next to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. He was sitting so close to me. I could have touched his eyelashes. And I was like, oh my gosh. Do I tell him that I have been praying for him for seven years? What the heck? Um, but oh. I always viewed like Justin Bieber as a little brother, but I mm. view Sean Mendez as a potential lover. <laughs> <laughs> his hair, like the buoyancy of his hair. I just, oh, and then he has his, the Wonder documentary on Netflix. Just, I mean, he has a manifestation journal. He's so thoughtful. He goes to therapy. Alicia Keys is his mentor. I mean, oh my gosh. I just love that kid. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. And I'm going to his concert in October, so. Tickets bought. Tickets bought. Amazing. Okay, I'm so glad to know this. <laughs> I'm so glad to know all of this. Kat, here's one of the things that I love about you. I love that you, um, when when you, like when I go on your Instagram, it's like, this is just like a great like snapshot of you. <laughs> there are photos that are like incredibly, like you are, wise and sophisticated and and refined in so many ways and like but then there are photos of of you being like super ridiculous and like mm-hmm. um i'm not like everyone just needs to go follow you on instagram because <laughs> you are you are an incredible mentor and you're someone that really um you're not afraid to talk about the hard things and but you're also like really real and you're really fun to laugh with and you're going to be really honest. And so I just, I love, I there are so many like sides of you that I love so much and I love the person that they all make up. And so um, when you're talking about the elephant in the room, it's like, you're the friend that you can trust to talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, you'll talk about the hard thing and then you'll laugh with us and and you'll also be really real with us. And that whole combination is just a really incredible like combination of traits that yeah. I appreciate about you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> um. Okay, so... Let's talk about online dating. First of all, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, you've been online dating for like 10 years. Can Mm -hmm. you talk to us, like, give us just a little bit more about your online dating journey? Have you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Like, what's your relationship been with online dating? I definitely have gone through every emotion in the books over the years. I think when I first started online dating around 10 years ago, I was embarrassed. 
it felt shameful to online date. And that was really more so in a time where online dating wasn't as mainstream. I mean, I think when I moved to New York, my mom bought me an eHarmony membership (laughs) for three months. And so it was like that sort of vibes back then. And so it was almost for a lot of people who were doing online dating for that during that time period was you didn't want to tell people if you had met your boyfriend or girlfriend online, you like came up with another story so you wouldn't have to deal with the embarrassment that you met online. Mm. And then once I had been online dating for a while and realized, oh my gosh, this is an incredible way to meet people. I I definitely shifted from, oh my gosh, this is embarrassing to, you can totally meet your husband on here. Like one of my friends, Bianca Oltoff, who is a huge speaker. She's a pastor at a church in California. She met her now husband online and they went to the same church for years, but they had never met each other because it was a big church and she was busy traveling for work. He was busy traveling for work. And so I think seeing it work for other people sparked hope inside me that it could work for me. And then I think I shifted to feeling like I put just as much pressure on online dating as any other avenue of online dating. And what I mean by that is if something didn't end in marriage, then it was a failure and a waste of time. I didn't really see any value in growing or even just practicing putting myself out there. It just felt as though if this online date doesn't end in a relationship, then it's all for naught. And so I think over the years, I've transferred and transitioned and switched into a healthier mindset of kind of how I approach online dating now is with curiosity. Online dating can and does work. More than half of Americans today get into relationships online versus less than 3% of people who meet at places of worship. So online dating isn't going anywhere. It's here to stay. And when I look at online dating, just like every area of my life as an opportunity for growth and an opportunity to show up with curiosity, then it doesn't matter if I go on one date with someone or I get engaged to someone from online. I am getting to spend time with another human being that God really likes and God really loves and that God created. So there's no such thing as a boring person. There doesn't have to be a boring date. Nothing, no experience is a waste of time because all of it is grounds for growth. And to say, oh, wow, okay, maybe I haven't dated in a while. And I just want to connect with online dating in a way of just putting myself out there. Or maybe I don't feel comfortable flirting. What if I just practice flirting? What if I practice asking guys out? So showing up with different levels of expectation outside of if this doesn't end in marriage, then it sucks or it doesn't work. And then if if, if we're continuing in the vein of real talk where I have been like right now in my life is I've been burned out. I was in a relationship last year and it ended and... I walked through and have been walking through a lot of heartache. And I think in that have just been like, ugh, like I I just, I needed a break from online. I needed a break from dating in general. So I actually, for the first time in years, deleted the apps off my phone for the entire month of February. And I might continue that for another month or so, but I think that's healthy. I think you need breaks. And, and I know, I know online dating can work and it does work. And when I was getting to the place of just showing up 
with such a bad attitude and burnout, I thought, okay, let's just take a minute. So I've been taking a minute for the last month. Yeah, I love that. Um, I feel like that's so, you and I were talking about this last week, actually, that I feel like sometimes in life, you, and this goes for any season, you need to like push in and some seasons you need to like hold back. And I think when it comes to dating, we swing between those things so often. Like there were times when I would be putting myself out there when I shouldn't have been because, and then I was doing it for attention or I was doing it to try to like put a bandaid on a broken heart or mm-hmm. I was trying to do it because I didn't feel good about myself. And in and, and all those scenarios, it's like, okay, pump the brakes. Then there are times where we're not putting ourselves out there and it's because we're scared or because mm-hmm. we're um, trying to, like if we're not trying, then we can't fail. And, and those things aren't good either. That's like a time when we really need to push in. We need to like be brave and put ourselves out there. So it's either being brave and putting ourselves out there more or being brave and like pumping the brakes for a minute. And so I love that you're like paying attention to what you need right now mm. and responding to that. Mm, thanks, girl. So I think that we, there, there are two big hesitations. Actually, we're going to go through three real quick if that's mm-hmm. cool with you. Yep. And the three big hesitations that I see when it comes to online dating, um, one of them you already mentioned, and that's the, I don't want this to be our story. Um, can you like speak to that really quick? Yeah, get over yourself. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's straight up ego. That's ego. Why do you care which avenue God chooses to bring someone into your life? Yeah. I mean... I think what it reveals is we've watched too many rom-coms, too many Disney movies, and care too much about what other people think of us. It's just your ego. So let it go. Period. The end. That's all I have to say about it. (laughs) That's so awesome. Um, I remember talking to a girlfriend of mine um, who met her husband online several years ago now. And I think she had a moment of that kind of hesitation too, where she's like, oh, I don't necessarily want, you know, to tell my family that we met online or whatever. And, or I don't necessarily want this to be my story. And, you know, one of the things that just kind of popped into my mind as we were talking about that is that I walked into work one day and met Carl. Like that was it. That was Mm -hmm. not, I didn't, there was no like angel chorus singing. It wasn't a meet cute. In Mm -hmm. fact, like he didn't like me right away. And it was kind of a, I was like set up for failure. Anyway, it's a, it's a whole thing. I thought he was like kind of mean. Like our first interaction, I couldn't remember his name. Like, I mean, there was nothing cute about our first interaction mm-hmm. in the same way that like, you know, feeling like you swiped right or swipe, you know, whatever, like might not feel cute. I think finding out that another person is on the planet, that's not the cute part. The cute part happens next. Mm-hmm. So that's so I good. love that. Like, get and, over it. And thank God for technological advances. I mean, the, the fact that they met and they went to the same church is like- It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The my last the last guy I dated, seriously, we met on Instagram. It was a friend of a friend of a friend who had reposted one of our things and then followed each other and then the DMs and then the connection. And I just think, wow, God through technology has made our world so much smaller and given us opportunities to connect, to connect in ways that we never would have before. And so I'm just grateful. I'm, I, that's how I view it is I, I think that there are so many other ways to connect with people and why would I hate on that? Why, why would I be ashamed of that? Yeah, I love that. Well, okay, so that gets into the second thing. I think the second like hesitation, especially for people who are, you know, believers are, are you know, people of faith is 
you know, there's such a faith element to, or there's such a, I like, I always say this, that I feel like meeting our person is like one part God, one part us, and I guess one part the other person. So, you know, it's, but it's, it really is like how we end up being at the right place at the right time to meet a person is like, it's just not something that we can orchestrate on, orchestrate just completely on our own. We have a parts play for sure, but it's like, we really need God to step in as well. So with that, I think people are afraid of online dating because it sort of feels like, okay, well, if I'm the one swiping right and swiping left, does that, am I playing God? Like, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think that, that mindset or question or limiting belief, I'll call it, feels confusing to me. And it makes me curious because I think of other areas of our lives. And let's say you want, let's say you want to be a lawyer. And yes, you want to be mindful about, okay, God, where do you want me to go to school? God, is this a calling on my life? Is this a career you want me to have? And part of figuring out the yes and the no's in that is actively taking steps forward. Mm-hmm. You know, God can't just give you a law degree. I have to apply to be in school. I have to get grades. I have to study. I have to take the bar. I have to pass the bar. I have to figure out which line of work I want to go into. Is that playing God? What about physical fitness? If I want to run a marathon, well, I want to be, God, you know, give me a healthy body. God, help me to run the race well and finish strong. But then I I don't want to play God, so I'm not going to train. I'm just going to show up because if God wants me to run this marathon, I'm be able to run this marathon. Well, first of all, you're going to get really hurt. You can't just run a marathon. <laughs> you might tear an ACL or something, hurt your calf muscles. I don't know. But we wouldn't say that training for that race is playing God. We would say that's wisdom. It's wisdom and it's showing up in integrity, co-creating and collaborating with God with a, a mutual dream. And so why is dating different? I am What I am curious about and what I think happens is women primarily, we already feel rejected. We already are sad that we're single or why is it happening for other people and not for me? And it's a convenient narrative to say, I'm playing God if I put myself out there or love happens for other people besides me. What that's really doing is making myself a victim Mm -hmm. to external circumstances. And it's, I'm, I'm getting a reward from that. The reward I'm getting is that I don't have to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. I can be single and, you know, put everything on God and hide in my prayer closet and wonder for the rest of my life, woe is me, why did I not meet someone? But I'm also paying a price for that. I'm paying the price of not taking ownership over my life, not experiencing breakthrough with God, not experiencing the breakthrough of getting to collaborate with God and potentially not experiencing a profound and fruitful relationship. So until the price outweighs the reward, our behaviors and beliefs don't change. And so I would just really challenge What's that belief really about for you? And is it possible that it could be a healthy thing that you could be co-creating with God by using technology for the glory of God? I love that. I love that. That's so good. 
So I think the, you know, I mean, there are lots of hesitations, but I think another one I hear a lot is like, it doesn't work. And, you know, there aren't good people on there. I'm not going to like, yeah, it just, it just doesn't work. I'm not going to meet a great guy online. Mm. Um, We talked about this a little bit, but I want to hear you talk about it just a little bit more if you don't mind. Yeah, for sure. And I'll say a lot of this stuff is mindset stuff. Whatever you're committed to, whatever narrative you're committed to, you are going to find evidence of that. So if online dating doesn't work, if that's the belief that you're committed to, everything that does or doesn't happen is ammunition for your cause. See, my friend went on an online date and it sucked. See, I read this one obscure article about someone being catfished. See, it doesn't work. It's not safe. I matched with the guy who ended up being a tool. See, there aren't legit guys online. What are you committed to? And also, what is the invitation of faith? Faith is saying, I see the past, I see the present, and I acknowledge my circumstances, and I look to the future and believe in a greater possibility. Believe that breakthrough is is possible. I believe that I am not exempt from love and happiness. I believe I'm not exempt from experiencing breakthrough in this area of my life. And so the the skepticism about, you know, will I meet a legit person online? What if you put just as much time and effort towards believing that there are incredible people online as you did believing that there aren't good people? I mean, are you a God-fearing person? Are you quote unquote legit? (laughs) Then there has to be more than one and look for evidence. That's why I love stories like my friend Bianca. I have countless stories that I've screenshot from people who have DM'd me, who have met their spouses, their partners online. It does work. And so I am on the evidence hunt of possibility. And I will acknowledge with a lot of online dating apps, it's a numbers game. So I I use Bumble a lot. In most cities, an app like Bumble, there's a ton of people on. So I usually say, I might have like one solid match for every 250 swipes. And you might think that is, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Like why even do that? But there's just more people on it. There's a lot of people on there. And also you do not know someone's heart until you spend time with them. So unless they're having pictures of taking body shots off someone in Cabo on their profile, get to know them in person. Spend time with them. People can surprise you. Let people surprise you. One of my friends or one of our friends, Kate Warman, she just shared her whole engagement story, which has been so fun. Now they didn't meet online, but he was almost six years younger than her. He had blue hair and was a total skater boy when they met and it was a setup. And she looked at his Instagram before they met and was like, nope, not my person. And her mentor was like, what if you just went? And it was long distance. So their first date was a Zoom call and it went really well. And now she's engaged to the guy. The guy that she never would have considered going on a date with because he was younger than her, didn't dress the way she wanted her guy to dress, didn't have the hair style that she wanted her person to have, didn't live near her, so she didn't want to give him a shot. Guess what? That's the person that she's marrying. And she says, when you 
when you give the chance for God to do the unexpected or when you're open to the unexpected, God might just do the unexpected. How can we approach online dating with that same mindset? I love that so much. I think that um, I, I've talked about this a bunch. And so maybe maybe the women listening have heard me talk about this before. But like, um, have are you a, like a home goods shopper? Do you, I mean, I don't know if you, ha- I don't know where the closest home goods would be like in New York, but like. I love the idea of home goods, but shopping in general stresses me out. <laughs> so I'll like go to home goods, but usually when I shop, I know exactly what I want. And so going to home goods, I'll end up with a new set of towels that I didn't know I needed. But I do love it, but it, yeah, it is, it's hard when you have limited space. <laughs> Yes, I totally, yes, that totally makes sense. Well, the thing about it is that the inventory changes every day. Mm. And so it's it's not a great place to go if you know exactly what you want. But like you go one day and there's a whole set of things there and then you go the next day and it's a whole new set of things. And it happens there in a couple other stores, but that doesn't happen in most places. But just like you're taking a month off in in February, when you come back, you will be a new you will be new inventory. Oh gosh, this, this, hey, is, this analogy totally <laughs> fell apart. But, but you know what I mean? Like you'll be new on the app and you won't have been there before. And that's the same with, just like you said, you know, are you a legit person? Well, you're on there. It, it's constantly changing. And so when people say things like, there's no one good on there, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you may not have stumbled across someone who seems like a good fit today, but mm-hmm. you have no idea who's going to, pop up tomorrow who maybe yeah. just decided to get on who wasn't on yesterday. It just, it's constantly changing. Totally. Also, who died and made you the judge of who's legit or not? That is such a posture of arrogance. I hate it when girls say that. There's no legit dudes online. First of all, that's rude. <laughs> and you want to <laughs> really wonder true. why Christian guys don't like asking Christian girls out is because we have a judgmental holier than thou posture where we show up with dating, no guy's good enough for me. Yeah. And I'm like, girls, we got to get off that high horse. It's That's arrogance. Yeah. Mm. And mm. I've been guilty of it myself. I can only spot it because I got it. I love it. I told you guys, I told you, Kat is like the friend who actually tells you the truth. <laughs> I love it so much. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. 
I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Okay, so we've talked through these like mindset shifts we need to make. We've talked about how there are good guys on these apps and that like we need to stop being so judgy and deciding that good guys or the guys aren't good before we even get to know them. But I know that there's a piece that's ours too. And and that's the thing that I think is really intimidating about online dating is like 
when you're just meeting someone, I, I don't know, randomly out in the wild, you haven't had to decide what sentence you want to use to define yourself, or you haven't had to choose six photos or whatever that they will see that like is supposed to capture all of you. Um, so that's the thing that's really hard. It's like, you know, writing a cover letter for work or a resume for work or whatever, but it's like extra personal. And you have to decide like how to put yourself out there or how, how you want to be seen. And so I know you have really, really great thoughts on how to put together a profile well. How do we do this? How do we how do we get the good great guys to find us through our profile? Yeah, well, first I would say let's remove the pressure. Cuz and what what I hear in so much of what you're saying is a fear of getting it wrong or this oh my gosh, like the stakes are so high because I have to like get it right or else I I won't get to swipe on the right person. They won't get to swipe on me. Dating is a curb, not a cliff. I always say that. The pressure is low stakes. And online dating is like the lowest entry point. It is, it is such low, online dating is such a low stakes game. And so what if you approached it as if it was a game? Instead of I have to strive my way to get the thing I want, I have to prove that I am worthy. I have to show who I am perfectly on three question prompts and three pictures so that I'll get a shot at love. That is a scarcity mindset. Hmm. What if we showed up with a posture of, this is fun. What if it could be fun? It's, you get to choose. You get to choose your experience online. Do you want it to be fun? It'll be fun. You want it to be stressful and pressure-filled? Whatever you're committed to, you're gonna experience. So in that, again, mindset, 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 there are practical ways to set up your profile One, so the average person spends less than 60 seconds on an online dating profile. So yeah, you you do want to show, okay, who am I in in less than a minute? The biggest thing, and we don't like to admit this, but are those pictures. That's the first thing someone's going to see. And so I always say the opening shot should be like a bachelor or bachelorette Open opener. So if you Google Bachelorette, like literally the TV show, the reality TV mm-hmm. show, all of the contestants are photographed in the same way for their bio shot. It's a three-fourths up, so it's not full body. It's eyes direct to camera, smiling, laughing, engaging. That should be your opener shot. You don't want a shot where your sunglasses are on or a selfie at the gym or a selfie with your seatbelt on in the car because you had a good hair day that day. (laughs) Go outside, grab some of your girlfriends. I think this is a super fun thing to do with your girlfriends is be like, hey, everyone pick three outfits. We're going to take some online dating profile pics today and let's just have some fun with it and have that first one be of you looking straight at the camera, smiling, engaging. Now, number two, you do want a full body shot in there. Why? Because it's important that we show people who we are. Whatever your body does or doesn't look like, own that and be proud of that. Like you have nothing to hide. We have nothing to hide. And just as we don't want to show up on a date and be like, what? This guy totally (laughs) catfished me. They don't want to feel that way either. So full body shot and not a full body shot of you 
10 miles away from the camera. <laughs> Think like lifestyle blogger shot is what I call it. So you're smiling, looking at the camera and I don't know, maybe you're holding a coffee or you're on a hike or something, but just make sure it's full body so people can see what you look like. And then number three, I say, use a shot that captivates curiosity. What's something that you love to do? What's something that is important to you? So for instance, on my profile, I have a shot where I'm doing like a a funny, silly yoga pose in the mountains. I, I took a trip to Colorado and I have no makeup on and I'm in workout clothes. That's me. I am an out, I, I'm outdoors all the time. I love yoga. I love being silly. I don't wear a lot of makeup. And so I wanted to show something that showcased that and also captivated curiosity. Like, where was this picture taken? And what were you doing there? And so have a picture that can make someone say, huh, I want to learn more. That's something I can ask about. So I think if we're talking about three photos, start there with the bachelorette photo, three-fourths, like a portrait, and then full (laughs) body, and then something to captivate curiosity. And then as far as things that you can put in your profile, most apps offer just within the app to say what you're looking for, casual, don't know yet, or a relationship. So be sure that you're clear with what you want and your profile says that. And also usually says faith. So if your faith is important to you, go ahead and mark Christian or Catholic or whichever that is. And then from there in your in your prompts, I always say be light and playful. So I, I typically do in mine two truths and the lies. Two truths and a lie. And then I'll say something like you, like guess mine and then show me yours. And so it's I'm not just like giving information like I like long walks on the beach. I am saying here's, two things that are true, one thing's not a a lie. And to create a conversation, they have to engage with me. And then other things, you can ask like question prompts, like what are your favorite things to do on a weekend? Or what's your favorite Sunday activities? A lot of people go to church. And so it could be like, oh, love to go to church, love to go to brunch, you know, so you can kind of feel out, is there a faith conversation there? Um, And so also I will, I make it clear on mine. So I, I'm asking questions. So I'm I'm trying to get them to engage with me. And then I'm being light and playful. Here's two fun things about me and here's a lie. You you pick. And then I'll also I'll just do like a quick little bio like, "Hey, um here's what I like to do. I like yoga. My faith is important to me." And I say something along the lines of like, "Hey, looking for a real connection. No pen pals, please." And I just, so that there is something on my profile where I'm making it clear, like, hey, like, here's what matters to me. Here's what I'm looking for. I am looking for a relationship. It's totally cool if you're not, but like no pen pals because it can be super easy to just get get into the DM game. So those are a few ways that I try to distinguish my profile. And just remember like, or maybe not remember, maybe I can tell you for the first time, Online dating, again, is low stakes. Aziz Ansari in his book, Modern Romance, calls online dating just an online introductory service. You going on that first date isn't really even a date. It's just two people hanging out to see if there is any sort of interest in actually going on a date. So lower the stakes and lower the pressure as much as you can. I always say get in person as quick as possible. 
I'm typically within a day or two saying, hey, do you want to meet up? So just removing that pressure and remembering this is just getting to know another person that God really cares about. Even if you don't know exactly where they're at spiritually, meet up with them. Be willing to go on a few dates because what we love and who we love comes out in our conversations. So we can get the perfect resume on an online Instagram profile or online dating profile and yet meet that person and they're a total dud or they're kind of a jerk or they're arrogant. And then we might swipe left on someone who maybe they're not as vocal about their faith and their faith really matters to them and they want to talk with you about that in person. So I think be open to the unexpected. I love that. That's so good. Um, What are... Uh, I, I love the thing that you said about no pen pals, please. And I know that when we did the workshop together, um, there were a couple profiles that were, I think people, uh, I know that it's really frustrating to repeatedly get what you're not looking for. Um, whether it's like, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It's it's really frustrating to just not get what you are looking for and get what you're not looking for. Mm-hmm. And so um, there were a couple of women who had on their profiles things that were like, kind of sassy. Like, don't message me if whatever. Don't message me if whatever. Talk to us about that. Like, how did you choose? Is it important to put something like that up there? And then also like, how do you know? How do you be truthful without being like unnecessarily snarky? And Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just checking your heart. Am I coming from a place of entitlement right now? Because... and. Because what is the type of connection you're wanting? Do you, Are you wanting a connection based off what you mutually are interested in or based off what you're not interested in? So are you wanting to bond over the drama or bond over the possibility? So when I see a profile and sometimes on Bumble or Hinge, I can't remember which app, but it's like you, sh- like you should not swipe right if, and it's usually something pretty snarky, if you're a player or if you're just gonna endlessly DM me and not call me, if you don't have a good attitude or you're a snob. And I instantly, that instantly turns me off because the energy there feels so negative and it Mm -hmm. feels bitter as well. And so if that's the place you're coming from, from that place of bitterness and from that place of burnout, first, what is it to check our hearts? And how can I communicate what I want from a place of abundance, from a place of connection, from a place of hope and possibility? I think it's keeping things light and playful and unattached to the outcome. So, hey, like I'm on here. I'd really like to get to know you. Let me know if that sounds fun to you as opposed to don't waste my time. I don't want to go out with anyone who doesn't spend an hour quiet time with Jesus every day. Like, you're saying similar things, but the way it's coming across is completely dependent upon your heart. I don't think that we're entitled to anything. I think that we can communicate what we want, but I think if we don't show up with an, a heart posture of possibility and curiosity, it's so easy to slide into that bitterness and entitlement. And the thing about online dating is, yeah, you are gonna match with people who are not a good fit. You're going to go on dates with people who are not a good fit. That's just a part of the process. And instead of viewing that as annoying or a waste of time, how can you show up and be curious about that? What is this date teaching me? 
what can I learn from this dynamic? Is there anything I could have seen beforehand that could have helped me predict this? Is there anything that I'm learning that I need that I didn't know I needed? Is there any way that I can communicate clearer next time? So again, showing up with the posture of like, how can I grow as opposed to if my first date that I go on from online doesn't end in marriage, then online dating sucks. Like there has to be like an in-between space between the two extremes. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Talk to us about, so we've talked a little bit about like what to put on our profiles. I know you have thoughts on this. What are some of your favorite like apps or websites? Like where where should we be creating profiles? Oh, I do love that question. And I do have thoughts on that. And first I will say it's city dependent. So mm-hmm. I can give you a couple different options. And then depending on where you live, one app might work better than another app. And that doesn't mean that the app is bad. The app doesn't work. Even in the same city, some people might get better results from one app versus the other. So I think it's just being open to trying different ones. I typically do two at a time. Okay. Ones that have worked well for me are Bumble and Hinge. And Bumble, like I said earlier, there's more, there's like a ton of people on Bumble. So there's definitely going to be more swiping. Hinge is, what I like about Hinge is, oh, also, Back to Bumble. What I like about Bumble is the girl gets to make the first move. So you match, but you only get to have a conversation started if the girl initiates that conversation, which I think is fun. And Hinge, what I like about Hinge is there might be less people, but there there seems to be more quality matches from my experience. And with all of the apps, there's free options and then there's paid options. With every single app, I would say you get what you pay for Hmm. and you can use them free. I've used all of them for free and then I've used all of them on the paid versions as well. And you're going to get better matches if you're doing the paid version. You're going to get higher priority. You're going to beat the algorithm if you're getting, if you're paying. And that makes a lot of people upset. Oh, I don't want to have to pay for that. But what is it to invest $20 a month into your dating life and into your love life? Yeah, $20, that's nothing. That's a couple cups of coffee or a dinner out, you know? Get creative of how you can create space in your budget for that $20. And you don't have to do it every month, but maybe say for these three months, I'm gonna try the paid version of Bumble and see what results I get. And just approach it with curiosity. And maybe the next three months, you're going to try the paid version of Hinge. Maybe the next three months after that, you can try the paid version of Coffee Meets Bagel. I've also had good results on Coffee Meets Bagel. And there's another, there's a newer app called Upward that Kate and I have been working with for the last few months. And it's a a Christian-based dating app. And, and what's good about it is that it's like, if you want to be super intentional about your faith, I mean, you have to have like a statement of faith on there and like say what your favorite Bible verses are, which for some people might be like, whoa, that's like too much, but it really works for other people. So kind of to recap apps that I really love, Bumble, Hinge are kind of my top two, and then Coffee Meets Bagel, Upward. Now, I will also tell you this. We think apps like Tinder are just for hookups. 
I have a really, really great Christian friend who really, really loves Jesus, who dated and married an incredible Christian guy off Tinder. So mm. you just don't know. And that yeah. I, I hope that I'm not giving an overwhelming answer, but I would Mm-mm. say try try Bumble Hinge Coffee Meets Bagel. Okay, Cupid, throw that in there too and see what works best for you. And I would say with any of them, give them three months. You know, don't just like download and decide in one week that this doesn't work. Really be willing to give something three, three months. And I like how you said that you're on two at the same time, because that seems like it takes pressure off the one, but doesn't make it so that your phone is like, like it doesn't make it quite as overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. And it just, it helps switch things up and yeah, remove some of that pressure. And then it's, oh, and what's also fun is if you match with the same person on both apps, because you can kind of make a joke about it. Like, oh, hey, like recognize you or I think I've seen you before. So just make it fun and light, which brings me to another point of one reason why I love online dating is because it is such a low stakes way to connect with people who are already in your life. I connected a couple years ago with a guy from my church who I had a crush on and we actually were friendly and knew each other, but he never would have asked me out if we hadn't matched online. Hmm. Because he, it's a way of like, you don't have, hi, I'm single and I would really like to go on a date like tattooed on your forehead when you're at church. It, there's really very few ways to know what someone's like status is, but you meet that way or like you you get, to, that's a way of, of finding out, oh, this person's single and they're looking to, to go on dates. I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Totally. And it can just, you can keep it light and silly of like, oh my gosh, so fun to see you on here. Like what brings you online? It's yep. you're both on the app because you're looking for love and it's super low stakes. So you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, we're at a party. Everyone's watching us flirt. You can go on a date and not be in the fishbowl of the church with everyone watching you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really nice. Um, okay, so I know that we're, you know, we've talked a little bit about being open-minded and um, getting to know people before we decide that they're, you know, completely wrong for us, but we still have to decide, we have to make kind of a split-second decision on yes or no when we come across someone. So how do we decide that? Yeah, I would say number one, what are they looking for? And like I said, almost every single app tells tells you, or it's something that you have to fill out. It's not a prompt you have to answer. Or it's not something you necessarily have to fill in. I'm looking for this. You check mark it. And so if you are looking for a serious relationship, but the person you matched with says, don't know yet, or looking for casual, then don't swipe on them. <laughs> Make sure that what you guys are both looking for is in alignment. And if it... If it feels unclear, perhaps swipe right and chat with them. And in one of your first questions, you can say, hey, what are you looking for on this app? So, so most of the time it's clear before the swipe. Sometimes when it's not, ask. So clarity, clarity is key here. So number then one. You, I mean, you could get into a situation where you're like, oh, this is going kind of well. And then you get down the road and either the person already told you that they're not looking for a relationship or you find out that they're not looking for a relationship. And then it's it's so much easier to find out right at the beginning, like kind of where in the whole process this person is. I feel like you can avoid a lot of heartbreak that way. Absolutely, absolutely. Communication, communication. And most profiles communicate that on the profile. 
So what are they looking for? Two, faith. Most people who are people of faith are gonna say it somewhere in their profile. Now, typically it can be like a checklist thing and or something communicated within within the profile. Like my faith is super important to me or I'm looking for someone who is a Christian or whatever. I don't necessarily think that there needs to be a prompt on the profile saying that. I think as long as they have that check, that box checked, and if that's something that's important to you, then swipe right, be open to that conversation. And then I would say number three, is there any level of interest or curiosity? Is there anything that you're like, oh man, even if you see a picture on their profile that looks fun or they have a dog or, oh, there's a picture of them running a marathon. That's cool. Swipe right on them. Be If there's any level of curiosity, swipe right because you don't know what you don't know. And then I think it's hard. This is the fourth one. So take this with a little bit of grain, a grain of salt is character. Now, we cannot know someone's character, their multidimensional character just based off an online dating profile. But we can have different, we can have inklings of it. So I would say, you know, someone who is showing, like I said earlier, body shots or only shots all in the club or half-naked gym selfies or even just the... If I see a profile where all the guy, all the shots are a selfie of a guy without a shirt on, I'm like, okay, I feel like you're just looking for something casual here. You can kind of get a taste of, okay, well, what what matters to them here? Are they looking for that party life? Are they just looking to have a good time? Use your discernment and discretion there. And then also remember that you're not going to know everything about a person So as long as there's no like, oh, I have a picture of me showing people that I embezzle money, like, (laughs) or, you know, that's where stuff like the prompts of you shouldn't go out with me if you're a snob and and have a bad attitude, like that negative energy is like, ugh, like, ah, that doesn't make me feel good. So Mm -hmm. use your discernment there, kind of hold the character one with a grain of salt because we show people who we are over time. And a person can say the exact right answers and not be great people. I mean, have you seen the Tinder swindler? Like it happens. <laughs> so I would say with all of this, hold it loosely, but I'm swiping right on people when I see that they're looking for a relationship. There's similarity in faith. There's some sort of curiosity that's been captivated. And I can see through their profile that there's some sort of character there. <laughs> Okay. I I like that. I like that. So then how do we, I feel like the conversations that happen are so like that part gets really frustrating because like when you've matched with someone, then you're like, hey, hey, like how do you slide into someone's DMs in a way that makes it so that you actually have a meaningful conversation and you actually like are getting to know something about them standing out yourself, figuring out if they stand out to you, that like, help us. Yeah, I would just say the number one thing is to get in person as fast as possible. I'm not trying to have deep conversations with people online before I get in person. I'm just trying to see, is there any level of interest to meet? Then let's meet, let's have a conversation. Or if you don't wanna meet first, have a FaceTime. So Mm -hmm. 
I, whenever I am initiating a, a DM or initiating a connection, I'll find something from their profile that stood out to me and say, oh my gosh, it looks like you went hiking, da, da, da. Where was that? Or when was, what's the next trip you have scheduled? Just people love talking about themselves and ask them questions. And remember, we're not, we, we often, especially as women and especially online, treat dating like it's a job interview. Well, I'm only going to go out with this person if they check these 10 boxes. This is a date. This is another human being who really matters to God. It's not a job interview. A person can pass a job interview with flying colors and still be not be a good fit for the job. And so when I'm interacting online, I'm keeping it light. I'm keeping it playful. Hey, what are, what are three books that have really impacted you? Are you listening to any podcasts that you like recently? Or let's do two truths and a lie. I'll go. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Or something. Do you, I don't know if you know who Hannah Brenchner is. Mm-hmm. Hannah Brenchner, yeah. She. Oh, how what she did when she met her and her husband met online. Christians, amazing people, and amazing. how she initiated a conversation with her husband, now husband was send me five emojis that describe your life right now, and then I'll see if I can guess what's what's happening in your life and who you are. And then after I go, then I'll give you five emojis. So that's the their first interaction. And I think it's it, it gives you like a fun way of showing, okay, here are a few things that matter to me. Here are a few silly things. Because ultimately you want to be with someone that you can banter with and talk with and not just if they can pass a test or not for you. So I would just say lead with playfulness be fun, like be relaxed in the process. And I, for me, after a few back and forth, it's, hey, would you be interested in meeting up in real life this week? Or what's your, what's your plans look like? Or, hey, I love chatting with you, but let's get together. And I think the thing is, just to remember the point is to meet people. And I I think what can happen is we want to learn so much before we get in person that then we're developing these weird online attachments with people. And like, I'm from the AOL generation where we had like AOL instant messenger and chat rooms in high school. And Uh you would have these amazing connections with people on instant messenger and then literally like not talk to them all day at school. Mm-hmm. I think that can totally happen with online as well is you can have this vibe and then you meet in person and there's nothing there. So just have those conversations in person. Yeah. Like you don't have to have these deep, meaningful, connective conversations on the app. Just go for a walk. Be like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? Or do you want to grab some coffee? Just just get in person. I can't say it enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Do you, I know that there are some women who either because of like church dating advice have heard this or just kind of how they feel about it. Like don't want to necessarily be the one to initiate. Like, you know, they don't want to be the pursuer in the relationship or yeah, they just, they want someone who's going to ask them out. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? That feels awesome to be asked out, right? I think we have this, weird narrative in the church that says boys or men have to do all the work. And in reality, I want a mutual reciprocal relationship. Do I want to be pursued? Heck yeah. But 
Asking someone out, especially if it's online, is again, such a low stakes game. You are not setting a precedence. You are just being clear about what it is that you want. So when you're clear about what you want, you give the man the opportunity to either step into that or let you know that he's not interested in that. So putting yourself out there and even asking a guy out is not leading the relationship. You're just being honest about what you're looking for and what you're open to. And then they either get to meet you in that or reveal to you that that's not what they're open to. Either way, you have clarity. And I mean, I have asked many guys out and I have been asked out many times. Honestly, if you want to be quote unquote pursued, I think that's all in the way that you show up. And also it's communicating, what does that pursuit mean to you? Because it means something different to every single woman. I was at dinner with one of my girlfriends recently and we were talking about, do you pay or not on the first date? And we're both women of faith. And and I'm also this like mega feminist. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of traditional when it comes to dating. And so I put this like, feminist vibe forward, but I don't want to pay on the first date. And she was like, that's, you can't have both. And I was like, why not? (laughs) Like, why can't I have both? And part of it is me communicating what I want, but I'm definitely the type of person who I'm like, I believe in the pink tax. I've done all this work. The least you can do, (laughs) the least you can do is like pay for this first date. So I don't even go for my wallet on the first date. And some of my girlfriends think I'm a monster because of that, but that's, kind of the precedent I want to start in the relationship is at least in the beginning, I would like to feel taken care of in that way. Well, this girl, my girlfriend, she feels so disrespected as a woman of faith if a guy tries to pay for her meal. She wants to feel from the very beginning that a guy isn't entitled to her that he doesn't feel like if he pays, then she owes him anything, especially if she doesn't know him, especially if it's online. She doesn't want there to be any unequal balance of relationship. And so for her, she feels safest if she splits 50-50. And we were talking about how like she judges guys who offer to pay and how I judge guys who don't offer to pay, but both of us, have different expectations and neither of us are wrong. And I think guys want to please us, but we all have a different playbook. And even women of faith, what it means to be pursued, what it means to date, what we all want is all different. Do you want him to open the door for you? Do you not? Do you want to split? Do you not? Do you want to have phone calls versus text messages? Every woman is different just as every guy is different. And so I think instead of just immediately like judging the process of, well, I can't ask a guy because I want to be pursued or this guy isn't a legit guy because he doesn't know my exact formula, it's way more vulnerable to communicate what you want. Even to communicate, hey, like online dating process is kind of uncomfortable for me because I'm kind of a traditional girl and feel like I want to be asked out, but I don't know how to walk through this process well, because I know it's it's different online. And so just owning where you're at and owning what you're wanting and seeing if that person can meet you in that instead of 
basically what a lot of us women want is we want guys to be mind readers. And when they're not, we just kind of slap a sticker on them that says they're not good Christian men or they're not good leaders. And I think that we get to be right when we do that, but we lack vulnerability. And I think vulnerability is our medicine and is our op- vulnerability gives us opportunity to connect with people on deeper levels. This is so, I love that you're saying this because, so Carl and I are teaching a marriage prep course right now. And we have just an incredible group of couples that are, um, you know, we have some that aren't engaged yet. We have some that are engaged. And then we have a couple who are already married, but feel like they didn't really, like feel like there were maybe some holes in the way that they kind of prepped for marriage. And so they're going back to sort of fill some of them. And one of the things that I think is going to be like one of the things I hope couples take away more than anything else is do not expect the other person to be a mind reader. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. You are setting that person up for failure every single time. And a great example of this, uh, you know, as you and I are recording this, it's, you know, it was Valentine's Day last week and Valentine's Day or holidays or milestones or whatever is the perfect example of this. We feel like our person in order to be romantic needs to know what we want without us communicating. And it that is impossible. Yeah. It is totally impossible. And we feel like that's the only way that it's romantic is if we don't say, I want to go on a date for Valentine's Day, but they take us anyway. Or even if we say, I don't want to go on a date for Valentine's Day, or I don't want a, a present, but they somehow figure like, guess that we're lying mm. and they get us one anyway. And that's the only way it's romantic. It's like, that's crazy we will save ourselves and the other person so much heartache and we will be able to connect so much more deeply if we just tell them what we want and talk about it instead of telling them, instead of not telling them what we want or telling them like lying about it Mm -hmm. and then being mad at them for not being able to know what is in our mind when sometimes we don't even know. So the fact that you guys had that conversation about what paying for a date means to you is so good because now like, that's, I just was feeling like, oh, I'm so confused for every guy ever. Yeah. And and that's just not a way to set anyone up for success. We just need to communicate. Yeah. Like, what is, do we want to be paid for or not? Or, you know, do we want to split the bill or not? Or, you know, what does pursuit look like to us? We need to have a good idea and then we need to be okay telling the other person so they have the yeah. opportunity to get it right. Yeah. And in that, what if we stopped trying to make men wrong? Because I think Mm -hmm. in that, we're trying to, it's like we're looking for ways for guys to be wrong. Yeah. I got a, I do a Mentor Monday on Instagram every week. And I got a question of, is it, is it a red flag if a guy responds too quickly online? So if they respond to you immediately when you match. And I thought, man, we give guys crap if they take too long to respond and now it's it's a red flag if they respond too quickly. What is, was this really about? You know, mm-hmm. we say that we want guys who are chivalrous and respectful and then they think they're respecting us, but it's not our brand of respect because we're all different. And so we're making them wrong. Yeah. And that is just another strategy of trying to find control. Because if you're right about it, if you're, you get to be right that there's no good guys out there as long as, as you're willing to make every guy wrong. And if, yeah. as long as you're looking for perfection and looking for a mind reader, 
you're, you're never going to find a good fit. So you're going to be right about it. But what's the cost you're paying for being right? What are you paying for that? Yeah. Okay, so Kat, just as we're finishing up, I know that we have some women listening who are kind of in two different camps. In one camp, I feel like uh, they're thinking, I haven't really been putting myself out there. I think I'm going to, but I'm nervous. In the other camp, I know that there are women who have been doing this for a long time and are just feeling really tired and burned out. Can you give just sort of each group a last piece of encouragement? Yeah, for sure. So for the first crew who is like open but scared and uncertain, I, on New Year's Eve this past year, so just a month or so ago, I went skydiving with my sister and I've wanted to skydive for so many years And yet I also really struggle with anxiety. And so I was scared of, not the actual skydiving part, but I was scared of what if I have an anxiety attack in the airplane beforehand and then I'm not able to do it? Like what happens if I'm having an anxiety attack from 20,000 feet? And yet I knew it was still something I really wanted to do. So I went ahead with it. And as the plane is going off, I'm feeling a little nervous and my sister is with me. So my sister's holding my hand and I was breathing and just like praying. And I'll never forget the feeling of that airplane door opening up where you're just like, oh my gosh. And he's like, put your legs out the, out the airplane. And I had this moment of like total fear. And then this moment of, I'm already here. I might as well do it. And then we jump and I, it wasn't scary at all. In mm. fact, I felt so peaceful in the air. I have pictures that I can send you, but I just was overtaken with the beauty of the sky and the land below me. And I just kept thinking, wow, the fear of the thing is so much scarier than the thing itself. And I, that's what fear does. Fear makes whatever the thing is, dating, online dating, putting yourself out there, it makes the fear of it so much worse than it actually is. So life isn't about waiting until the fear ceases, but it's acknowledging the fear and then going forward anyways. It's saying, I see you fear and I acknowledge you, I respect you because fear. What's, what fear is really trying to do is keep us alive. <laughs> But hey, you don't get to be in the driver's seat of my life right now. So I'm going to go scared and I'm going to do it anyways. So that's what I would say to the first camp. And to the second camp, I just want to say, I see you. I am 36. I got out of a relationship recently that I thought would be the relationship. And in a lot of ways, I felt like, oh my gosh, am I back at square one? online dating again? Like I thought I was finally done with this. And no, I'm not back at square one because I've grown. I, I've learned so much in the last year. It's never going back to square one. And I also get, I get being tired of it. I really get it. So I'm not going to pretend that it's not hard. I'm not going to pretend that Being single when it seems like it's happening for everyone else around you but you, I'm not going to pretend that that's not disappointing or disillusioning. 
I'm not going to pretend to say that I feel so connected to hope all the time because I don't all the time. I will say in the moments where I don't have hope, I have friends who can believe for me. In fact, recently I was sitting on my couch crying. This was a couple weeks ago. So it wasn't like, oh, back in the day when I like didn't have hope. <laughs> this was like three <laughs> weeks ago. I'm sitting on my couch crying. And I just said to my girlfriends, I just feel out of hope. Like, I just feel like, what if God doesn't have this for me? And my friend literally came onto the couch and she said, can I hold you? And she physically held me, like put her arms around me and held me. And she said, it's okay. She said, it's okay if you need to give up for a minute because I believe for you. I have hope for you. And so for the girl who is feeling hopeless, I want to say like, I can hope for you. Will you hope for me? Like, I think we need that because we do get tired and weary. And it's fake to say that I feel hopeful all the time. I feel hopeful a lot of the time. And sometimes I'm tired of it. And that's when I need my community. I love that. Mm. Kat, will you just pray for us? Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Mm. Well, God, thank you that you are close to us. That you desire intimacy with us. And that you, you are the great pursuer. What, what we really long for, what we're really looking for in marriage is what we actually already have access to with you. Acceptance love, knownness, being known and being known by you, God, is, is profound. It's life-changing. God, thank you that you take note of us, that you hear us, that you remember us, and that you move on our behalf. God, thank you that when we pray, we're not praying to the universe. We're not praying to the abyss, but we're praying to you and you hear us. Thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you see us. Thank you that you are mindful of us. Thank you that you love us. God, I speak hope over myself, over Stephanie, over every person who is listening to this. God, that where hope feels too risky or too pricey, that you would bridge that gap. God, that where there is weariness that you would bring rest. And God, show us pictures of your love. Show us pictures of breakthrough. Show us evidence of what's possible and show us that you care just as much about our love lives as we do. Show us that you haven't forgotten us, that we're not left behind, that your timing is perfect. We love you, God. And we just ask that you would help us to stay close to you in our days and in our lives. Amen. Thanks, Kat. Thanks for having me. You guys, isn't Kat amazing? I love her and I love this conversation and I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. So if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talk about, including all of Kat's contact info so you can follow her and so y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. It means the world to me and it helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one quick second to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks so much. 
right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls Night. I'll see you then.